In today's crime solving, they want positive DNA evidence or video surveillance tape. We can't give you any of that. But in a historical case this old, with all the evidence that we obtain, I think it's pretty convincing. That's the CBS television show 60 Minutes from back in January. In that episode about Anne Frank's betrayer, many of you might have already seen the show, it documented the findings of the team of American and Dutch cold case police investigators who told the world they were about 85% sure they'd finally uncovered who it was that betrayed Anne Frank to the Nazis. And they pointed the finger at a Jewish-Dutch notary, Arnold Vandenberg. When the story broke and the Canadian book about the entire project was published around the world, Ruben Viss couldn't believe it. Viss is the CEO of the Organization of Jewish Communities in the Netherlands, known as NIK in Dutch. He's also the son of Holocaust survivors who were themselves in hiding outside of Amsterdam during the war, including an uncle who is now 91 and lives in Toronto. This has been on a PR campaign to get the publisher, HarperCollins, to stop selling the book. He's also been doing his own research and takedown of the team's findings, which he feels are shoddy and also deeply painful to the Jews of his native country done by people he feels shouldn't be profiting off of the world's most iconic Holocaust victim. She doesn't read Dutch. She doesn't speak Dutch. She doesn't know the Dutch mentality. She doesn't know nothing. I don't know why she took this job, because she is a very prestigious writer herself. But she should have thought about this twice. I'm not going to uh, write about a Canadian issue. You know, it's a very Dutch thing. So what does it say being betrayed in the Netherlands as a Jew? You know, she doesn't even grasp that. She can't. I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Thursday, March the 17th, 2022. Welcome to the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. We ran our interview last week with the award-winning Canadian historian Rosemary Sullivan. She's the one who wrote the book about the betrayal of Anne Frank. And she defended her work, saying the critics are merely sour grapes by other Dutch authors who wanted to write this kind of book themselves but didn't. She also said the Dutch needed to face up to the fact that one-third of all the Jews who were in hiding were betrayed, like the Franks, and that their country sent nearly 75% of all its Jews to their deaths. But Ruben Viss isn't buying it. The CEO of the Organization of Jewish Communities in the Netherlands joins us now from Amsterdam to explain why the fight to stop the book is going to heat up even more next week. Why did you choose to try to reach out to us and, and speak to people in Canada about the story? Um, you know, when the news broke about who betrayed Anne Frank, I immediately tried to find out where was this person? So there was a Jewish notary, his name was Arnold Vandenberg, and according to the cold case team and the book written by Rosemary, um, uh, it was um, Sullivan, it, it was him who betrayed Anne Frank. So I wondered, where was this person? And I easily found out within 15 minutes that Arnold Vandenberg was hidden in Laren. Laren is a village in, in, near Amsterdam, south, southeast of Amsterdam. And you know who also was hidden in Laren? My uncle, my 91-year-old uncle who lives 
in Canada, who lives in Toronto, and that makes a connection to your listeners. He's still alive. He got betrayed. Miraculously, he survived. So did the rest of my family. And he was hidden in Laren as well. And um, there is a guy in Laren who is a historian. He's researching Jews in hiding in Laren. Uh, he's writing a book about this or a thesis. And I called him up and I, saw, I called him and I said, uh, Alric, his name is Alric. I said, have you ever heard about a family Vandenberg uh, hiding in Laren? And that was the day when the news broke on the 17th of January. He said, yeah, sure. They were hiding in Laren. I can even give you the address, the exact address. So he was in contact with my uncle, of course, about his hiding history and the betrayal of what happened to him. But he knows also about this notary, Arnold Vandenberg, who was at the same time in hiding in Laren. Now, I know from my family experience, from my father, from my uncle, my grandparents, and my aunt who were all in hiding. It's not the case that in August 1944, you're going to the Nazis and tell, tell the Nazis where you are and that you know of others who are in hiding. You do t- take that risk. Uh, not at all. So it's a very strange story. And you know what the strangest is? The word Laren, the, the name of this village, doesn't even appear in Rosemary Sullivan's book. So in your letter to us and to uh, the Canadian Jewish community, you mentioned that um, there are many discrepancies in the findings and the Laren connection is one of them. You personally had a contact with the team, the documentary maker, the Dutch uh, sort of people behind this. Yes. First of all, I met the initiator of this whole cold case team about four years ago. He came to my office and he also mentioned that he has some Jewish connection, that his grandmother was Jewish or something, or he wasn't sure. I also tracked that down and that story is not really the truth. You Do you feel that he's sort of culturally appropriating this Jewish washing in order to in your trust at the time, but why, why do you think he, he sort of threw that Jewish card out when you think he doesn't really have any Jewish past? I tell you the following. When this news broke on January 17th, he was in one of the popular talk shows. So four years after I met him. The news was all over the place. It started on CBS 60 Minutes. Then it came in newspapers, everything. And at, at night, he was, of course, in primetime news show and talk show. Uh, guest. And there, the the first question was, why did you start this whole investigation? And there he said as his first answer that um, he believes he has Jewish origins because his name, his mother's name is Polak, Polak, as you would say in America or Canada. We say Polak. So that was, and then I remembered, yeah, that was also the story he told me four years ago. And then I, someone pointed to, to me and said, yes, his grandmother's name is Polak, but it means it's someone from Poland. So he's a, a descendant of someone from Poland, but not a Jewish someone from Poland, a non-Jewish someone from Poland. There's nothing Jewish about him. And coincidentally, his grandparents lived a hundred yards away from my family who went into hiding. Literally a hundred yards away. He's behind the concert building here in Amsterdam, the famous concertgebouw in Amsterdam. 
my family went into hiding. My family lost everything, like Anne Frank and all Jewish families. His family didn't happen anything to. He's not Jewish. And when asked with the, by the interviewer, he said, yeah, there is some Jewish connection, um, but it wasn't spoken about. But the pain was there. Alan, there was no pain. Because he was not Jewish, she was not Jewish. I don't care if you're Jewish or non-Jewish. It's free to everybody. But don't claim to be Jewish and to have a Shoah past and a history which is not there. There's very much doubt about such an accusation or such a statement. And the same goes for everything which is written in this book about who betrayed Anne Frank. Let's talk about the damage. You called it colossal damage that this book has done. Is it to the Jewish community? Is it to Anne Frank's memory? Describe the different kinds of damage you feel has been done by the book. You know, when the news broke, the British newspaper, British Daily, the Daily Mail headlined, Anne Frank was betrayed by a Jewish notary. And the word Jewish in capitals. Whilst un unsubstantiated, it's, not un it's not un unfounded. So this is a, 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 a colossal damage. And we have to understand anti-Semitism didn't suddenly stop in 1945. You know, there is still anti-Semitism here in Europe. And lately we have seen serious physical manifestations of anti-Semitism in the US and in Canada. Um, it's a serious thing. It's much more an issue of grist on the mill of anti-Semites and conspiracy thinkers uh, also outside of the Netherlands. As the Jewish community CEO, what, what do you want done? Yeah, uh, initially, uh, European Con Jewish Congress, of which uh, the Dutch Jewish organization is a member of, uh, came out with a statement and asking uh, and, uh, in, a, in a letter to HarperCollins to stop publishing this book as long as it's not been duly um, uh, reviewed by, by, by top-notch uh, historians on this field. That's the first thing. And that's going to happen um, March 22. Uh, when we speak, it's about a week from now. Um, there will be a, uh, a public forum where uh, five of the uh, top historians in their field uh, will um, present their findings um, and their side of the story of everything which has been written in the book Who Betrayed Anne Frank. Did you help uh, pay for that or commission it? Was that a Jewish uh, community initiative? Where did that come from? No, it was not. It's not a Jewish community initiative. No, it's purely academical historians who do this. And it's not paid for by the Jewish community. The new book in Germany that's coming out is going to have some extra material that the publishers and the producers and documentary people have been asked to include. As far as in your own community, what are people saying to you about this book? It hurts. It hurts so much. It hurts so much um, time and time again, uh, the feelings of Holocaust survivors and the Jewish community at large, large are hurt, are really hurt. And, you know, I was shocked when I saw a tweet, a, a statement by the Australian branch of uh, HarperCollins, which said, and I quote now, 
the findings published in full in the book The Betrayal of Anne Frank, and here it comes, are already provoking soul-searching in the Netherlands. There should be soul-searching with Sullivan, with Pankoki, this FBI clown, with the publishers of HarperCollins making money over Anne Frank and over the survivors and over the Jewish community here in the Netherlands and over Jews all over the world. But because again, Ellen, it's stamped in the souls and hearts of Jews all around the world. You know, a Jew betrayed Anne Frank. Case closed. It hurts. If you want to register and watch next Wednesday's event from the University of Amsterdam, the link is in our show notes. It will have an appearance by the granddaughter of Arnold Vandenberg to explain how this whole controversy has hurt her family. And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. Today's listener shout-out goes to Stuart Foxman in Thornhill. He wrote in after hearing our coverage of the truckers' protests in Ottawa earlier this year. And because today is the Jewish Festival of Purim, we need to end this episode on a lighter note. So here are some jokes recorded by children in Ottawa Jewish schools and put together by Congregation Maxike Hadas. A special thanks go out to Mark Bornstein for sending them my way. Why six was afraid of seven? Because seven, eight, nine. Where do horses live? In the neighborhood. Um, what smells the same as breakfast, lunch, and dinner? What? You know, silly. Why can't you tell an egg a joke? I don't know. Why? It's because it will crack up. 